0: Welcome to the Amore Magazine podcast here on AmoreMagazine.com. On this episode, we have Jace Everett joining us. He's a singer-songwriter, and his song, Bad Things, is the opening theme song to the hit HBO show, True Blood. He also co-wrote Josh Turner's number one hit country single, Your Man, and his new album, Red Revelations, dropped the end of June. Here's Jace Everett. When and how did you know you wanted to become a musician?
1: Really the only thing I've ever wanted to do, I started singing... When I was about three, really. And I was always attracted to instruments, you know, pianos, guitars, whatever. And uh started playing out by the time I was 14 or 15. So it's been a, been a long time.
0: And who, who were some of your earlier rock influences?
1: But as far as the rock influences go, um, I actually put some of my country influences in there, too. Guys like Waylon Jennings, because in retrospect, he was kind of doing rock and roll. Uh, more than he was doing country. I just didn't know that because they told me it was country, so that's what I thought it was. Um, but I I, I dug stuff in the late 70s like uh, Kiss and Boston, you know, because that's what my older sister was listening to. And then when I started picking my own music, I got really into U2 and Peter Gabriel. And and then looking backwards, I, I was always into a, a guy like Link Ray, who kind of invented distorted guitar. Uh, back in the day, it um, kind of all over the place, man. Joe Cocker was a was a big influence on me. Um, I've ha- had a, ha- everything I've ever listened to has really influenced me quite a bit. Uhhuh. Kind of a sponge. Um.
0: Now, how how would you compare your style? Because it's not really country. It's not really rock. It, it, uh-huh. it, for somebody that that maybe hasn't heard you yet, or just heard you know maybe just the song "Bad Things" or something.
1: Yeah, uh, well, the the new record is, is kind of just the next step after bad things. I don't really, I I don't really know how to describe it. We haven't figured out what the hell it is. It's uh, it's bluesy. It's it's soulful. Um, got definitely some darkness to it, but it's also got a sense of humor uh, in, in the lyrics and in the music. So you know, I really. I, I, w- I probably should sit down and think what the hell it is, but really it's just Jace Everett music, you know?
0: <laughs> All right, there we go.
1: It really is. It's just an amalgamation of everything I've done and kind of comes out in this weird booyah of bays. It's Jace it's Everett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you consider a lot of your music dark, or, or do you consider it something else? No,
1: I wouldn't say it's dark in the sense of, like, you know, Marilyn Manson or, or some kind of, you know, it, it's not. It's not devil music by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's it's music about men and women and how we deal with each other. But yeah, there's there's some there's some dark elements in there, of course. You know, it's all like "Burn for You" is you know uh, on the record is is definitely got a dark vibe to it. But it's really the the lyric is really it's it's just an old blues tune. You know, it's I'll do anything for you. I'll die for you. I'll do this for you. It's it's just boy-girl stuff, you know. It's it's nothing. I'm not reinventing the wheel here.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And and with Red Revelations, is it a lot of what you've recorded in the past? You know, for people who haven't heard the album yet. No,
1: this is... We started writing this record um, last fall, and I really just wanted to do something i hadn't done before on tape that's really synthesized my rock and roll and my blues and my country all together really the only country influence on the record is just in some sort of the song structures you know it's it's well-crafted lyrics and and which sometimes in rock you know you just kind of get these fire desire lyrics that don't mean anything and and i i'm not really into that i don't mind some stream of consciousness stuff but i also like to be able to Follow the lyric and know what the hell the singer's talking about. So you know it's something that, that Nashville definitely influenced. But you no, know, it's just lots and lots of guitars, man, and uh, and and turning them up. That's really all the record is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now originally you're not a guitarist, or you've mentioned in several interviews, um, you, you you play the bass more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I play guitar. I, I play guitar on stage, and I write on the guitar. Um, I, I, I'm not. I'm just not the guy, kind of guy. I don't like to say I'm a guitarist because people think, you know, I'm saying that I'm Jimmy Page. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody you'd call to go play lead guitar for a band. But yeah, I play. I play guitar. I play you know, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, whatever kind of guitar I can get my hands on. In fact, we just finished a rehearsal and i was trying out a new amp i just get anxious when it when someone says are you a guitar player you know because my oh. idea of a guitar player is someone who's really a badass <laughs> and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> um
0: where, where did the al- where did the title of the album come from red revelations did it have a, personal there's meaning a song to you? on
1: the record called one of them um that the last verse uh, uh the guy says i read revelations chapter One until the end. um, And I kind of took that lyric and and misspelled it and misrepresented it, you know, and changed it from red, R-E-A-D to red, R-E-D, for a couple of reasons. That song, to me, uh, you don't really know in that lyric if that guy has become a born-again or if he's become a zombie or something somewhere in between. You just know that he's had this major... Psychotic break and it's kind of lost touch with reality, and so it kind of inspired the the, the title. And you know, uh, w- we seem to live w- w- live in this quasi-apocalyptic time right now, and so it was just kind of a play on that. I grew up, I grew up really religious, a uh, very conservative Christian, mm-hmm. and I I'm not that way anymore. But a lot of that fire and brimstone, um, you know, fundamentalism still. I still use a lot of those metaphors and in, in my music and in my lyrics.
0: So, so a lot of your lyrics are based on your life, or somewhat on it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, primarily, I mean, I can only write about what I know, you know. So it's either things I've been through or things I've seen, you know. It's it's uh, there's a couple of songs on the record that actually we we kind of. In watching the first season of True Blood, it kind of inspired some of the songs, like Burn for You uh, was inspired by an episode of True Blood where uh, Bill actually walks out into the sunlight to try and save Sookie, so he actually catches on fire, and that kind of got that song started, and then the song uh, Damned If I Do... Was kind of a quasi vampire love song, you know. I mean, it's not really. It doesn't have to be, but you can certainly listen to it with that in mind, and it has maybe a little extra layer to it.
0: Um, You've you've um, co-wrote the song "Your Man," which was a a hit single for Josh Turner. Um, Do do you enjoy collaborating like that, or or, or co-writing?
1: I do. Uh, with some people. With some people, it's just a pain in the ass, you know. But, uh, <laughs> the guys I wrote that song with are phenomenal songwriters, uh, Chris Stapleton and Christy Blois. Both of them have had number one hits on any number of artists. And uh, I had that melody for that song and brought it in, uh, and uh, they just flipped over it. So we, you know, we spent about four hours working on a song, and six months later, it was... Number one on the charts, which was, well, I'll, I'll do that any time you want, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to do it again. The money's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but so did did you know going into it that he was going to be the one performing it, or...?
1: No, that was uh, when I had a, a country deal on Sony at the time, and I, I was writing a song for myself. We you know that's, we were all trying to write for my record that I was about to do. Funny thing about that song is the label I was on heard it and said, yeah, it's a nice song, but we don't think country radio will play a song like that. It's just, you know, it's not, not a country radio song. Oh, so no they, way. they didn't let me cut my own song, and then six months later, my record tanked, and <laughs> Josh Turner sold two million copies of an album called Your Man.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Which, which doesn't bother me in the least at this point in time, I can assure you, but it really pissed me off at the time.
0: <laughs> so so in other words, it, it was a love song that that, that you wrote, which it, it seemed like it was different in style from some of the other stuff that you have written. Well,
1: that's the thing as a songwriter, man, I, I love, uh, it's kind of like being an actor, you know, you... If, if all you can if all you get to do is play bad guys your whole career, you'll do it if you have to because you got to make a living and you want to be an actor. But it's kind of fun to play different kinds of characters, and to me, that's all the songs are. Songs are are, are characters. There's certain songs that are really deeply personal. Um, I don't ever discuss which ones they are, but but most most of the time, you know, when you're a professional songwriter, you just. You love the work. I love writing really country songs. I love rock songs. I've got a whole album's worth of basically craft work type stuff that I've done here at at my house. You know, it's all synthesized and bleeps and noises because I love that stuff, too. I'm a big Brian EO fan. Um, So I just, you know, I, I I think that record companies and radio stations love to put parameters on things, but I think I'm like most fans of music. Very few people listen to just one thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just don't write just one thing I, I write all over the place
0: You mentioned in an interview once that you would love to tour with a and female, Pink, Gwen Stefani K.T. Tunsil, uh, somebody like that Are are they your musical crushes or do you have any?
1: Yeah, I, I I love a chick that can rock, you know, I mean the pretenders to me were one of the coolest, uh, still are one of the coolest rock bands ever uh-huh. um, Chrissy Hines is just, you know she's a badass <laughs> and uh, <laughs> A, a chick that can really rock is really pretty compelling to me. And because they approach it with maybe a little less lug-headed testosterone, there's a little more nuance and, and detail to it while they still rock. And that's, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to True Blood um, and the song Bad Things, how did that song become the theme of the, sh- of the show?
1: Alan Ball, the creator of the show, apparently has an iTunes addiction, uh, he said. And when he's working on a treatment or, or writing, an, writing a screenplay, he'll take a break after a few hours and get on iTunes and drop 100 bucks just buying stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Bad Things happened to be a single of the week, one of those free downloads they send out every Tuesday uh, back in 2006. And he always gets the free downloads, and he got that one. And he just dug the tune, and he happened to be working on the True Blood treatment. So when they were going to do an opening sequence, he said, "We'll use this song as a as a template, and then we'll, you know we'll find something else later or whatever." And they tried to. He and Gary Calamar looked for some other things, and both of them just said, "You know what? These visuals and this music were kind of made for each other. So well, let's just find out who the hell this guy is and, <laughs> and get a license for it."
0: Yeah. Do you watch the show uh, at all?
1: I, I do. I, uh, I the first season I had to go to my parents' house to watch it, but I broke down just about two weeks ago and actually ordered digital cable for the first time and got the HBO package and uh, been, been enjoying it, man. It's a lot of fun. The show is hilarious and creepy and sexy all at the same time, and I guess that's you know that's what I try and do with my music. It, it's a lot of different things that show. It's not just one note. It's you know a lot of different things going on. And uh, I'm, I'm really lucky and, and very grateful to be a part of it.
0: So um, since the show started airing, have you had any encounters with vampires or any stories like that?
1: Oh, God, yes. <laughs> really? I've, got a, I've got a lot of famed stalkers at this point. Uh-oh. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's been interesting, but, it, but it's all good. It's all good.
0: Well, that's good. And, you know, you did a little bit of acting. There's a uh, kind of a spoof video on your website, How to Become an Overnight Sensation. And yeah. So, uh, do you ever want to get into acting or do more things like that? Because you were kind of, you were really funny in that in that video.
1: Well, I, I, I'm definitely trying to get as many of my fans as possible to, to lobby Alan Ball and HBO to uh, allow me to get in on season three that they're going to be shooting this fall. Uh, and I'd rather not be the band in the background playing. I, right. You know, I, I joke that I'd rather be like a janitor. Cleaning up blood and beer at Merlots, and, and yeah. you know maybe whist- whistling bad things or something kind of in the background. Just it would be it would be a lot of fun. I'd yeah. love to do it.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. You've uh, performed on the Tonight Show, so um, is is it different playing for a studio audience like that, or you know for a camera as opposed to a live show at a club or something?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, for one thing, you, you you really don't want to screw up because it's on tape.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um, so you know, you you try to be careful about that. But I tell you the way the way that Leno ran that show, um, it was so comfortable. He had such a a great staff, and he himself was so gracious. And the audience actually, you know, they acted like a real audience. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a huge difference
0: and looking back at your career so far is there one moment that stands out more so than than other what's been the highlight of your career so far
1: man really the next time i play is always the highlight for me i mean that's it's kind of a cop-out bullshit thing to say per se but yeah. it really is true I, I i try not to look back i try to look forward and uh enjoy the next thing i'm gonna do because that's what keeps it fresh you know but yeah i mean the, the playing leno's great the first time i saw true blood it was pretty amazing um receiving bmi awards for a number one song and and, and uh yeah, all that stuff is great but it's really more about going to the next town and playing the next show
0: uh-huh what's what what's a city that you haven't been to or a venue that you haven't played that, that you'd like to
1: man i would really love to play a big show in la and i would really love to play uh, in sweden uh i've never been to sweden or finland or norway yeah, I've been a lot. I've been around Europe a lot, but I'd really love to play up there because um, everybody I meet from there is really cool.
0: Well, Jace, I, I really appreciate you doing this interview with me, and uh, best of luck to you, and I'm, I'm sure you'll have uh, a lot of success in the future.
1: Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate your time.
0: That was singer-songwriter Jace Everett, whose song Bad Things is the theme song to the hit HBO show True Blood. He also co-wrote Josh Turner's number one hit single Your Man. His new album Red Revelations came out the end of June. You can find it on iTunes or on his website at jaceeverett.com, jaceeverett.com. I received it in the mail last week, and I must say it's a great album. I'm still rocking out to it in my car. So until next time, this is the Amore Magazine podcast here on amoremagazine.com. Take care.